Mohammed Hotjar. I'm the business intelligence manager currently, helping Hotjar really trying to understand the data that we ingest, trying to understand our customers better and really build a deep, deep understanding of what makes them tick, what are their pain points and how we can leverage this information to essentially to grow. Great. And how long have you been with Hotjar now? Hotjar, I've been two and a half years, maybe a little bit longer, two years, nine months. I see it from your LinkedIn profile that you are a true warrior of retention, I would say. So, so maybe you can say how, how you've ventured into this um, retention is very important and a reason for others why they also should look at this. So uh, for myself, prior to Hotjar, I was a startup founder myself. So I've built four different products managed luckily to end up selling a couple of them but each time it wasn't a very successful exit it was more just an exit uh, like a soft landing um, mm -hmm. because retention and engagement was always the biggest killer so i became very very interested in the topic of really trying to understand what causes uh, churn and how do some of the most successful companies retain their customers what i also realized as well like uh, was a course of this and the subscription economy is constantly growing all the time More and more businesses are trying to get into it and trying to see how they can move their old school business model over to a subscription based. And this problem is only going to grow. What are the main reasons in your opinion for churn? I'd say the number one reason is having a product that doesn't solve a problem for people or is not 10x better than their current solution. So I'd say moving that aside and let's say you've got a really good product, I'd say the next two biggest areas traditionally that we've seen through almost 40 plus interviews now that we've done on the podcast falls into two areas really is uh, the first area being onboarding is not done well and people never really get to create and establish that habit loop, realize the true value of the product. So mm -hmm. they end up losing a lot of people within the first 30 to 90 days of product use. Uh, and then the second biggest area as well, so where it's that internal champion who was the fighter who brought your product or service into a company, uh, when they end up leaving, there's no owner for the, the product or service, and then it ends up typically going with them. Ah, okay. So the person leaves the company and then nobody is able to use the product anymore. Not only that, there's nobody to champion for the product anymore. When it comes around to ah. budgetary requirements again and you know, discussions, it's if that champion is not there or the person who's actually actively using the product is not there, some of the more successful companies know this and the way they deal with this is really trying to leverage the risk across an organization, trying to increase the number of champions that they do have. Uh, and they're doing it in various ways, depending on sort of the company size, who the target demographic is and what their ASP is. So what their typical selling prices would vary. It depends on the tactics that they employ. And when do you think a company should start looking into this? Uh, I think it depends on the company itself uh, and it depends on uh, the business model and like what your average selling price is. So, and, and it depends how the organization is structured. So it gets quite complex in the sense that if you're targeting SMB, typically you're always going to see high churn. If your average selling price as well is in like the low hundreds, you don't really, can't really justify a fully fledged customer success team or sales organization. So in that case, I think it's probably less of an issue or less of the big biggest impact that you can have. But when you start to have your ASP increasing to 20,000 a year plus, that's when you have a dedicated sales team. It's when you have a dedicated customer success and areas of focus. And I think that's where it becomes a real big game changer for companies is where they really understand who are these champions, who's a potential risk for leaving and how is that going to impact sort of the bottom line. Um, that's when it can become really effective and there's different ways that you can work with customers. So it depends on your business really.
Okay, so you would try to strive for a longer lifetime value rather than having just people signing up left and right and then joining. Yeah, always. Yes. Okay. And the reason for this as well is like having a high LT value, like gives you LTV value, gives you a lot of uh, competitive muscle when it comes to things like paid media. So if you're if you're keeping your customers for longer, you have a higher LTV. You're able to invest more money into paid. You can afford to have a higher cost of acquisition for those customers. So you end up being able to force your competitors out of channels by being able to spend more money in those channels. By keeping them longer and keeping more people around for longer, you increase the payback period. And there's many other reasons for it, but it essentially is one of the biggest growth levers that you can pull when it comes to growth itself and focus on retention always wins. Okay, so, so the retention, when I, when I hear a lot about retention and also you were talking about onboarding and then paid media, I hear a lot about different silos, different teams in the company, I would say. So how much have the boundaries already swapped between the different roles? So I think when it comes to sort of retention, what you typically end up seeing is like so the, more, the more successful companies realize that it is their bread and butter. So as a company-wide initiative, like everybody's thinking about retention from the top down, but they all tend to sort of have teams of focus. And typically within an organization, it would be the customer success team that owns the metric. Like an example of this would be the marketing team is not just about acquiring new customers. It's about acquiring customers that have a higher LTV being their focus. The sales team is not about just closing leads. It's about ensuring they're closing leads that are being retained. And it's offering sort of incentives when it comes to sales of saying, okay, it's not just about driving sales, but maybe you get 50% of your commission on first sale and 50% when they stay with us for six months or longer. And then this sort of just cascades down throughout the organization. So it goes into product and product are really focused around, okay, what are we building? What are we engineering to try and help encourage this habit loop and people using our product for longer? Because mm -hmm. it is at the end of the day, what's driving growth for the business. So it's much more a flywheel that you try to have all the departments working on one string and then get growth happening, right, for all of the departments. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this was one of the reasons why I started the podcast. The retention and engagement is really a tough, tough uh, job and involves so many disciplines. And it really it, like it requires the organization and the company to come together and align with this focus because if you have different teams competing for different KPIs and they're not aligned uh, along this common objective, you end up sort of having counter balances within uh, the system and you can actually have one team impacting another team's goals. So if marketing is just about acquiring the most leads, they can just go spend a lot of money bringing new leads in the door, but those leads could end up being, I don't know if I can say shit now, but I'm going to call it shit. So those leads could end up being really shit leads uh, that which end up having like a cascading effect down the line. And then when you start looking at uh, analyzing churn and retention and saying, okay, like, well, is it the product problem or is it a marketing problem? I think that manifests a lot in the sales qualified leads, marketing qualified leads, right? Where you have this, oh, we need more leads, but they need to be better leads. So you always have this, what do I do and now with product-led growth, also product-qualified leads when we bring those in? Yeah, it's really about aligning the, the compensation and sort of the goal and the focus is it's not just driving sales because again, like even if you're bringing it in a higher volume of uh, sales-qualified leads, if those this, the definition of sales-qualified lead is not a really good customer that's actually going to stick around for us for longer and it's really just who's converting, then again, the system is broken. If you were to give one tip to a SaaS founder, what would that be? 
start thinking about churn and retention from day one. The reason is it's one of those metrics. It's a very big lagging indicator. It's influenced by a lot of different inputs. And it's one of those metrics that's often overlooked because it can be so easily masked. So in the early days, because growth is really exceeding uh, and you're able to acquire new customers really, really fast, it sort of really masks the underlying problem of churn and retention. So having a really good understanding of what the problem is and how it can be measured effectively at the different levels and stages of, of your growth and company and understanding what your current growth rate and your current retention, sort of what does your growth ceiling look like? Uh, when you map it out, it's, it's normally like an oh shit moment. Uh, we need to take this a little bit more seriously, but I wish more founders would actually do it a lot earlier. I guess also your podcast can be a very good source for people that want to know more about this, right? So you're having a podcast, it's called ChurnFM as far as I know. So absolutely. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, the reason I started the podcast, which is Churn FM, is really just to try and uncover and understand the problem from the inside out and realizing that it's not just this one magic metric that you're going to figure out and solve for churn and increase retention immediately. It's really about speaking to different people from different companies of different sizes at different stages of their growth. The challenge itself is so multifaceted and it's so incredibly complex that just trying to understand all the nuances and what the influence, what are the levers you can pull to help increase retention is what the podcast essentially is trying to uncover and, and help you with.